everyone. I'm very, very excited to have the beautiful Raven Keys back of Raven Keys Medical Reiki. Um, the last time we spoke here on Reiki Radio was 2019, where we discussed your first book, The Healing Power of Reiki. So I'm very excited to have you back again today. Oh, thank you, Yolanda. It's really wonderful to be back with you on Reiki Radio. Yeah, you know, I wanted to say before we begin, because after um, meeting you in through the podcast last time, I had the beautiful opportunity of training with you. And so I do want to thank you for coming to San Diego and um, teaching the medical Reiki there. And I guess that must have been two years ago now, but it was absolutely wonderful being able to meet you and train with you. And so thank you for making that trip all the way from New York. It was really a wonderful training and you did an amazing job of organizing everything and the people who came, it was exquisite. Yeah. Oh, they were lovely. Yeah. It was a beautiful, beautiful time. So I'm very, very thankful for that. And I just want to let people know who do want to do medical Reiki training with you. It is available right now online, which we'll get into a little later. But first off, um, it's been amazing watching everything you've been posting always. I mean, throughout these years, you really are fighting the good fight for all of us, so to speak, um, to make sure that Reiki is not only more recognized, but respected and bringing it to be implemented for patients. And so I want to let everyone know you have this new book. Medical Reiki, a groundbreaking approach to using energy medicine for challenging treatments, which is an amazing book. Thank you for writing this for us. Um, I wanted to ask, though, after the first book, because you spoke so much about your experience with uh, Medical Reiki, how it came to be in the first book, but now there really is this push for how do we get it to be more accessible to patients post-op, pre-op, during surgery? Could you talk a little bit about why this is so important to you and what you've seen and why this matters? It's very important to me because I've seen patients receive incredible blessings by from having Reiki in pre-op and post-op, but really in the operating room. And, and in today's world, um, the doctors really want to uh, make patients happy because the insurance companies want to know how the patients feel about everything. And so when the patients do well, then the doctor continues to be able to be paid by that insurance company, whoever the um, patient may be with insurance wise in America anyway. So um, that's, I mean, you just can't, express in words how important it is to be with somebody, especially in the operating room, from my point of view, where it's taking place right then, right then, right then, to be there with them and giving Reiki to them during surgery is profound. And at, when that's happening, the, the doctors notice that something is different. For one thing, time flies by. The, it seems like the surgery takes less time. Because it takes less time, the patient's getting less anesthesia, which is a very good thing. Then um, the blood pressure remains steady on the operating room. There's a different energy experience for everyone that's in the room. Um, they don't maybe know what it is or believe in Reiki or even know anything's happening because really um, the lead surgeon is the one who invites the medical Reiki master to be part of their surgery. And um, so even if people don't know what it is or they even disbelieve in it, if they do know, everybody has an experience that's different. And because that's happening to the surgical team, it makes a difference in how things go in the surgery from, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I, 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 there are so many things that we can really research when it comes to using Reiki in medicine, the, tons and tons of things to look at. I'm very grateful that we have a research project ready to go to um, investigate the 
efficacy of using medical Reiki in breast cancer surgery. And uh, so it's a great honor to be bringing this forward on behalf of humans, the human race, you know, so many people are ill and the, the medical procedures that are available in today's world are amazing. It's incredible what, what doctors and surgeons can do in today's world. However, um, sometimes going through these procedures can really shatter a person because they're so extreme and we're more than just bits and pieces to be sewn together or have things removed and everything else. There's consciousness in the human body and the cells. It's uh, everything that we are is really intricately interwoven from one thing to another, there isn't a separation between the spirit or the divinity, whatever you want to call it, inside a human being and, and the actual divinity that exists. We're yeah. one. And so when Reiki is present, every part of the body gets to remember that. Yeah. And I'm so glad you bring that up, Raven, because a lot of people think of, you know, Western medicine and, you know, Eastern practices very separate. They think they may have to choose either or, or, you know, um, just not really blend the two. And I'm sure a lot of people in the medical community may not have an awareness of how even Reiki can be so beneficial and complementary to what it is they're already doing. But you emphasize that so much, the importance and the role of the doctors and the surgeons and the amazing work that they're doing, but how Reiki is also very important and even complementary to what's being done. So I wanted to ask if you could speak a little bit about that, because even in your book, while I think this book is amazing for practitioners to read, it's really an amazing book for anyone in the medical field to read too, to have an understanding of how this comes together. So could you speak a little bit about that? And even how you mentioned in the book, historically, how spirituality and medicine were brought together for overall wellness? Well, in the beginning, um, historically, like long ago, if there was um, illness for a person, whether it was body, mind, emotion, spirit, whatever it was, it was considered to be an, an imbalance somewhere, but really basically a spiritual problem. Mm -hmm. So um, shamans would take care of these things, travel into other worlds and get information from spirits and what to do to heal people. In ancient Egypt, there, there were temples to the goddess Isis. And, um, and so if someone was ill, they would come to the temple and there were priestesses there and priests um, that were trained over long, eight, long years and, and they would tend to the sick. But if they, and there were spiritual practices involved in the whole thing. And then if they failed to respond to the treatments that were being given to them, they were, would be allowed to sleep in the temple overnight for the goddess herself to heal them or to give them a direction or a healing dream that they would have or whatever the case may be. So from my point of view, I've even um, mentioned this to Dr. Feldman, what we're doing by bringing medical Reiki into the operating room is that we're turning an operating room into a healing temple. That's what we're doing because we're bringing the two together. We're bringing the science that's amazing, the amazing ability of surgeons and doctors to do these things. And then the spiritual reality that's needed. So when medical Reiki is being used, the doctor's work shines because the body is primed to remember its own ability to heal. It's like all the stress and the, the, um, the diminishment of, their, of a person's own energy is restored immediately. That's what's so great about, about Reiki and medical Reiki to deliver that immediate Re reaction, the re the, it's immediate. You don't have to do anything except, and because uh, as Reiki practitioners were attuned to be able to transmit this energy through our hands, it's, it's just powerful. Yeah, it really is so amazing. And 
you know, just thinking about how much you have um, even experienced. I want to say for those that are listening that maybe are new to your work, you have actually done this. This isn't some just an idea that you have. This is something that you have actually done. And in the book, I think it's um, such a beautiful addition that you even have the perspective of the first person that you went into surgery with. And so you had this client that was going into surgery and her doctor at the time, who happened to be Dr. Oz, approved for you to come in during surgery. And um, hearing even the perspective of the patient, I think is very powerful in this book as well. But also, I think it emphasizes why it's so important for us as patients to advocate for ourselves and what it is that we want and changing that that. Um, how that works within the medical community so that people can be heard around what they want in their healing process. Because could you talk a little bit about how that came to be? Uh, just that you had uh, um, someone come and advocate for you know, your presence in the room and what their experience was as the person that went through the surgery. Well, if you stick up for yourself, you're going to get a great reward. That's something that is an intention that goes into the universe. I mean, this is getting into the spiritual aspect of healing, but it's actually true. So in the first time that I went into surgery was I was invited to go my pa the um, patient of Dr. Oz. This was a person that was looking for a surgeon and she was interviewing surgeons at the time. And she had read an article in the New York Times that um, Oz allowed healers in the operating room. So she asked me, would I go? I said, no. And in fact, I was emphatic about the fact that I wasn't gonna go. It was never on my idea of a good time. It was nothing I ever imagined that I would do because of my own squeamishness. I don't like blood. I really, I, it's just too many things. And then to be in, a, in the presence doing what I do when nobody has done this, like in the operating room with all this and Oz, the great and powerful Oz, it was like, no. But then um, my spiritual guide came during a, the session that I gave to the person that came to me and asked me the question. We had a session right after she asked me. And um, then my spiritual guide came, which is an angel and said to me, you have to say yes. And I actually cried and, um, and said, a lot needs to happen from this. You have to say yes. Just give her your, um, your resume at the end, which I thought was incredible. Uh, so anyway, that's what I did. I, she, at the end, I said, okay, I'll go if Dr. Oz will allow it. And here's my resume. And then um, the next day I was teaching meditation uh, at Equinox Fitness and the, um, I had all kinds of, of, of clients or students really in my class. And um, one was an anesthesia doctor. So at the end of class, I said, doctor, do you think that this is gonna happen? Um, there's a, a client of mine that wants me to go to her surgery. And he said, oh no, it's just not done. That's not gonna happen. But five minutes later, Susanna called and said, the doctor all said, yes, all he wanted to see was your resume. So it was like, you know, following the spiritual advice that I got led from one thing to another. And, and, and for me, like I've been invited into the operating rooms of these surgeons um, for the most part, but there have been some times when the surgeon was no, want, didn't want to have anything to do with it. But when the, their patient kept pressing back to what I said earlier, the insurance companies want to know that the patient is having a good experience with this doctor. So, you know, the continuous pressure can lead to a result. And that has happened also. But for the most part, you know, my whole mission to bring all this into the world was actually directed, I feel, from the spirit realm, because I could never have made the things happen that actually happened. Like, why? Why? You know, I wasn't trying to get to do anything. I was just trying to take care of somebody who came to me and was really scared and facing some deep thing. 
And, you know, in today's world, there are things like transplant surgery. I mean, it's not that it's common now, but um, what is that? That is something that is so deep. I could talk about transplant surgery for like an hour at least about what it means and why you need to have medical Reiki to make sure that this is going to work out. Because if the um, person gets an organ, why does it, uh, why does it fail? You know, why did, uh, why does the, uh, the surgery fail? Because the body rejects it. So, you know what, it's like medical Reiki makes a lot of things happen on the, uh, where the person who's giving the organ is, and the person that's receiving the organ, there has to be a, a, a cohesiveness between one part and another. And that is totally missing in modern mm -hmm. medicine. There is no thought about the co cohesiveness and the spiritual reality of what is going on. So medical Reiki makes it so the body can accept it because once again, it's about the divinity. And it's also, we're able to, make a connection with the person who's giving their organs and thank them and bless them and, you know, do amazing things for them so that they don't re, um, send that organ with resentment or fear, you know, in the con conservation of energy, which is a law. Um, anything that's felt by a living being is there and it stays there. You know, so you have to really know that. I mean, they talk about that in the, um, like when people eat meat, like yes. what was the condition of the animal? Yeah. Yeah. And that's really amazing. And again, like beautiful that these conversations are now being circulated within the medical community to some degree, because the truth of the matter is I'm sure when you started, this wasn't even present in hospitals. And here you are pioneering, even not wanting to initially to go into an actual surgery, which is phenomenal. And then here you are now, like really advocating for Reiki itself and practitioners for our work to be recognized as professional um, for the level of contribution that it provides, but all ultimately for the well being of the patient themselves. And I have to ask you this, Raven, because um, I remember years ago in one of the Reiki trainings that I took, there was a woman who was battling cancer in the Reiki class. And we all, all the other students, we all volunteered pretty much every day to go to her house and we would pair up and do Reiki for her. And she happened to be married to a doctor who was very skeptical about energy work in of itself. And this was her second go round and she was going through chemo again. And what ended up happening was we were showing up to do Reiki for her every day. And her husband was blown away by the fact that her going through chemo while receiving Reiki was so different than when she had gone through it prior because prior she couldn't get off the couch. She was very sick, all of these things. And then when she started having Reiki practitioners come and work on her, he said she was going to the gym. She wasn't sick. It was just a totally different experience, you know? And, um, and so it was very, very interesting to see his skepticism kind of transform and start questioning things, but it was amazing for us as well to be able to hold that space for her. So I wanted to ask you that with people that you've worked with again, like that were able to do it or receive Reiki during, um, during surgery and even after what, have they conveyed in terms of what their experience was? Well, one thing is popping into my head right now. There are many, many things that people have reported to me afterward. There was one woman that um, she got a mastectomy. So that means it was one side, uh, her bust mm -hmm. was removed. And it was really a dramatic um, thing in the, in the pre-op, you know, she was like very, very agitated, even though she was getting Reiki, but it was, as the time got closer, it was like the whole reality of what was happening was coming out. And that's another thing that Reiki makes happen. It, nothing's going to get stuck inside you. Your emotions shouldn't be in there causing wreaking havoc because it affects what's going to happen to the physical body. So, um, I just did a ceremony 
like it was like it was guided by from the spirit realm and we did a ceremony to say goodbye to her breast and her husband was involved and her two sons were involved you know and they they were all thanking their mother you know the 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 wife the mother for all she had done and and saying thank you to her breast and you know and releasing it into the light that's what everybody was doing releasing it into the light so um you know, the surgery went really easy, easily. It was an easy surgery. It no, it just went so fast and she was done. And then we stayed in touch after I went and gave her Reiki um, after she was done with surgery um, a few times after that. And then a year later on the anniversary of the whole up the whole surgery, she wrote me an email and she said how much she appreciated that I was there and how much it meant to have somebody with her in the operating room that was really cared about what was going to happen to her. And um, she said that her friends are always shocked when she tells them that that day that she lost her breast was a holy day. Wow. That's just one thing, one thing, yeah. but unbelievable amounts of things. I have um, one person that um, she had, I think she had a lumpectomy. I think that's what it was, but nevertheless, it was a breast cancer surgery. And she recently has been in touch with me. It might've been a mastectomy. There've been so many that I've um, attended that I can't, you know, recall exactly. But recently she got in touch with me and um, she's in love and she's, you know, having a baby. And she's like, <laughs> you know, how could this, you know, she's so happy. She even sent me, um, what is that sonogram or the picture of the baby? Sonogram, the yeah. Yeah. I was so excited. And Dr. Feldman and I were like, yay, together. It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty ex extraordinary. Um, yeah. and, and then about the chemotherapy, as you say, just as you were speaking about your, your friend, that is just what happens. If somebody gets um, medical Reiki during chemotherapy, they don't get sick. They, their life goes on, you know, they might get tired the second day, but that's just the way it is. And if they time it right, they don't miss work. They're like, um, you know, just carrying on going to the gym, as you said, or going to the theater, having brunch with friends, whatever it is, it just goes on. Um, and it was explained to me uh, that, well, I did know that chemotherapy is based on plant medicine and, um, if a shaman is doing plant that does plant medicine has a client, they'll go out on the land and speak to the plants because they can do that. They're like, they know how to co connect to the spirit of the plants. So um, they'll ask, are you the right plant? No, continue on. Are you the right plant? When they get to the right plant, uh, they'll ask, well, how, what, what do I do? Do I make you into a tea? Do I grind you up? Do what, what do we do? And do we sing? Do we make a prayer? How do we release the power that you hold? Um, and they'll get the direction and then follow the directions from the plant. Well, obviously not every plant is for every person, you know, because mm -hmm. that's the whole process. But the, my guide, um, the Archangel Gabriel has told me that when a person is getting Reiki during chemotherapy, while they're getting it, um, th there's a translation made so that the plant medicine is the right medicine for those cells. Now, wouldn't that be something interesting to investigate? Well, is it the cells that shift to receive the medicine or is it that the medicine is shifted to serve the cells? Whatever the case may be, in a way, it doesn't even matter. As Dr. Feldman said in the foreword to Medical Reiki, the book that you just were holding up, um, there are some things that he knows from life, from all the patients that he's had, that there are some things that can never be proven by, by scientifically that work. Right. Yes. And so that's, I'm so glad that you said that because I wanted to make sure that we talk about this. Um, because again, it may be something that a lot of people aren't aware of. I mean, not only have you um, just done so much, even though it's interesting the way things come to certain people and it becomes like your mission and your purpose and, you know, your life's work. And thankfully, 
this has been, you know, gifted to you to help all of us in so many ways. But you and Dr. Feldman are have come together, and now there is this medical Reiki research um, that was started. And prior to COVID, there was fundraising around this, and I know, you know, some things, of course, got slowed down because of COVID. But could you talk a little bit about this so everyone is aware of the research that will be held and why and how this even started with you and Dr. Feldman? Um, I feel like uh, Dr. Feldman and I were brought together by the angels. I was told, you know, he is a very um, dedicated scientist. He has come up, I mean, he has created new procedures and breast cancer surgery. He goes all over the world. He's the keynote speaker. I mean, he is a revered man. And he was um, also the past president of the American Society of Breast Surgeons. And that's a very big honor. And, um, and so I just feel like we were brought together to do this mission and we're both de devoted to it. As, as you were saying, the, the money to do this research was raised privately because up until now, the um, National Institute of Health, which have big dollars, they have big dollars for research, but nobody's presented any research to them that makes them want to give their big dollars to research Reiki. So we have had to really organize this rigorous, really strict um, procedures I don't have anything to do with that part. There's a research team put together of really top-notch scientists that are doing it. And Dr. Feldman is the chief um, surgeon running the whole thing. Um, and there are going to be four surgeons. And then there are four medical Reiki masters. And then there are going to be, um, a, there's an arm of the study that is sham Reiki, like per people pretending they're doing Reiki. And initially, this is really, I, I think this is interesting, and I hope I'm not getting too far off the, what, what the question was, but um, the, the idea of the sham Reiki, that everybody's going to be doing the same thing. Everybody is, uh, there's no deviation, same moves, very simple to just see about Reiki itself. It's, and to prove that it's not about the practitioner, it's about the practice and whether you know you're getting it or not, or you, you know, if you think you're getting it you're, and you're not getting it, that it's still working or not working as the case may be. But anyway, the idea was that they were going to have medical students do the sham Reiki and they would, I don't know, they had to be the kind that didn't believe in anything but science. But then Dr. Feldman was telling me, you know, the new crew coming in um, to come to medical school. He's a professor at Einstein College of Medicine, among other things that he does. But he said, it's going to be really hard to find any students that don't believe because wow. they're a whole different crew. They're just, they, they are, they want to know about these things. What's up? You know, there's got to be more than just what we're learning here in med medical school. And Dr. Bernie Siegel, who's very revered, he was uh, one of the first people to really, in the, from the medical world, that really had an influence on Dr. Feldman long ago in the 70s, when he was in medical school and a resident and everything. Um, Dr. Siegel said that my book, Medical Reiki, should be in the curriculum of all medical schools. Imagine that. And um, and. Dr. Feldman, when he found out that uh, Bernie Siegel had given an endorsement for my book and both their names were going to be on the cover of my book, he was so happy. He was like, wow, oh, wow. He was just so happy to think that such a thing had come to pass. But, you know, the um, the most of the money, well, it had to be raised privately. So um, most of the money was given by Reiki practitioners from around the world through the, the not-for-profit that Dr. Feldman and myself started called medicalreikiworks.org. And, and um, anybody can continue to um, donate money that is in, in existence to make sure that um, medical Reiki continues to be investigated by doctors, other doctors, and so on and so on, and expand the, the research. So um, it was put on hold and 
because of COVID. We were ready to start and we still haven't been able to start. And we're hoping very soon that we'll be able to. I mean, they've been having meetings. The research um, doctors have been meeting about it. And there's a new study coordinator that's joined the team. And um, there's just things going on. And he really, really wants to begin because not only has Dr. Feldman brought me into the medical world, well, because of me, he's been like welcomed into the Reiki world. And now um, he's he wants to be able to present some of this science when he goes to Japan next year, where he's been invited to speak at the 100 year anniversary of Mikao Yusui discovering Reiki in Japan. It's like, ha, it's so... <laughs> He's so excited about going. It's like, you know, to really speak um, about Reiki and medicine in, in, in a place, I have chills really, in, in a place where, um, and in an event where so many of the people there are like the top Reiki master teachers in Japan, you know, is really, really something incredible. Yeah. That is really amazing. And I have to say this too, because again, a lot of people listening may not know, and you do mention it in the book, which is, I think, very inspiring for a lot of Reiki practitioners to know, as well as people in the medical profession to become more curious about the possibility of what this, this union of um, healing energies can do. But you mentioned that there are over 800 hospitals now, at least within our country, that um, at least have some form of Reiki offered. It could be volunteers. There are some, uh, a small number that have actual Reiki programs within the hospitals. I know in San Diego, there are hospitals that started off offering Reiki in the oncology department, and now it's expanded into just whoever may want it or request it. Um, and our hospice care facilities also offer Reiki. So I think even that, um, as you say, a lot of times it's like the proof is in the pudding. Like why would they allow and offer this if they weren't seeing the results in the ways that they have? So it's very encouraging to know that we're actually starting to see all of this come together. But I wanted to ask you about this as well, Raven, because while it is amazing, like the idea of, you know, Reiki in hospitals, Reiki in surgery, post pre-op and in the surgical room. I, I mean, that just is mind blowing. And we could probably talk about this for 10 days, but obviously as well with everything that's been going on in the world, um, these last few years with COVID and everything, not only are we collectively, people are experiencing heightened stress, but the medical professionals are under tremendous stress in ways they have never been before. And so I can't help but also wonder how beneficial this is for the medical professionals, as well as um, looking at this as a, you know, a, a supportive way of helping just everyday people with how stress is causing a lot of illness. So could you talk a little bit about that? Because you do mention in the book how stress is such a you know foundation for illness. Yes, it weakens the body because what happens is that the hormones of flight and fight and flight are just released by the brain. And because of the constant stress that we're under, it never stops. It's day in, day out. I don't know. There have been certain times during this pandemic when I wake up in the morning and the first thing I feel is like, you know, oh, what's going to happen today? So many people have been sick. And I live in New York City where it was unbelievable here. And um, yes, the people who have been working in COVID for this, these going on two years are totally so stressed out and um, have PTSD. I mean, um, really bad. And so we were offering, um, we were offering daily uh, distance Reiki to the doctors on the research team. They wanted it. Dr. Feldman said he wanted, because we do this thing called Reiki drip. He said he wanted a Reiki waterfall. Like he was like, he couldn't do any surgery for three months. You know, everybody was working in the ICU and the, uh, you know, like intubating people. It was like mad, but somehow or another um, we looked after them. And then um, I 
had someone come to take the medical Reiki training from me here in New York City while we could still, it was before COVID. So um, she was so excited that she went, she worked with me and started medical, we started a division of my company in Ireland. It's called Medical Reiki Ireland. And they have, and she put together a Reiki buddy program. And so I told um, Dr. Modell here about the medical Reiki, the Reiki buddy program. And she was passing on the information to the people that were answering the hotlines for the doctors and the nurses that were just flipping out and, you know, were calling in the hotlines to get help. So the, it's still in operation and it's going full, full tilt boogie. And what, what you can just find out about it, even if you are stressed out about things that have been happening in your life because of COVID, you couldn't get an operation. I mean, we have one of our CMRMs, her husband almost died because he couldn't get an operation and then everything went south and, you know, and, and just so many things. People have not been able to deal with this pressure. So you can just go on, if you just Google Reiki Buddy program, it's um, um, medicalreiki.ireland.ie is, uh, is the website, medicalreikiireland.ie, that's Ireland, and you'll go to it and, and it's the, you can find the Reiki Buddy program there. And what happens is that you get a free 30 minute session from a practitioner, you could be in America and they might be in um, Portugal or Ireland or England. They could be anywhere. Um, mm -hmm. Cyprus, who knows? Because I have medical Reiki masters all over the world now. And mm -hmm. um, so people that have taken the training anyway, um, and, and even if it's a different time zone, because it's that time there and this time here, it matches up. And so, and there, it's totally confidential. You you don't get any calls. It's really just totally confidential. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because I want to make sure that we let people know as well. There may be people listening who are like, oh my gosh, I never even considered that I could potentially have a medical Reiki practitioner be a part of my surgery if the doctor approves it or at the very least pre-op and post-op, which is also very um, beneficial. So how, if someone is curious about this or wondering how do I even get in contact with a medical Reiki professional, what advice do you have? How can they find out more information or contact someone that can do this for them? We have a registry, it's private because we know how dangerous the world is and how yeah. people are so radical in their thinking. And every single person that's a medical Reiki master, all their information is protected. And so if anybody wants a medical Reiki master, whether they're a, a patient or a doctor for themselves, and if it's a doctor for themselves or their patient, um, th all you have to do is go on the website, which is ravenkeysmedicalreiki.com. And then you just look around the website and you'll find your way. There's a contact form that you can fill out and you ask, you know, say what kind of surgery you're having, where you are, and then we connect people yeah. up That's to a practitioner in their area. And if they're really in a place where there aren't any, any of us, we can set it up so that they can start getting distance um, help distance Reiki, because that's very powerful. The distance yeah. Reiki is very powerful. Mm, yeah. 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 And, and I, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I was taught a new way to do um, distance Reiki in an emergency because I, I, we have our procedures because of COVID that's all we've been able to do is distance Reiki. And so, um, so the protocol that is in place I couldn't use because I had a new client and we were supposed to have an, um, a session. I spoke to the client late in the week and then we were going to have a session the next week. And then all of a sudden I got word from a relative of that client that he was on the way to the operating room to get a lung. He was getting a lung transplant, just talking to me. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he felt that just talking to me made the lung come. I mean, who knows? <laughs> I'm not claiming any of that, but he did. But 
So then I was like, what do I do? What do I do? And I'm like, it was a spiritual, totally spiritual uh, experience for me because I was like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And it was like, I was told what to do. And it was so powerful. And it was really something. And um, now I just have to, you know, write all the instructions. I've been so busy. I have to write all the instructions for the whole team because we have a way for everybody to stay in touch with each other and get information. Yeah, that is amazing. And I have to say too, um, just to point out, because we have mentioned um, Reiki and the surgeries, but I know that throughout different um, areas of the medical profession, this could be very helpful. Like for example, I know a few therapists who are now curious about how energy work can be complementary to their talk therapy sessions. And um, I've even had therapists as clients. And I imagine, like we were saying before, with COVID, so much stress, even in those areas with people that are holding space for people who are um, going through so much at this time. So anyone listening, whether you're a practitioner of Reiki or in any field within the medical field, because you even have um, spoken with people that have done this in plastic surgery as well. I mean, just to emphasize, like it doesn't, it's not segmented out to just um, certain types of operations and these types of things. It really can be Reiki is complementary across the board. And so um, this book, Medical Reiki, I think it is amazing, like gift it to people in your life who are in the medical profession, but also definitely practitioners read this and be inspired and get some um, insights of other ways that you can contribute. So speaking of that, people that want to become certified as medical Reiki practitioners, they have to be medical, I mean, not medical, they have to be Reiki masters first and foremost, and having received their certification in person, in person attunements and these types of things, not online. But then the medical Reiki uh, certification can happen online because it's not a Reiki training. They're already Reiki masters. So could you talk a little bit about if I'm a Reiki master listening and I want to come train with you, what is it that I need to know? You would go on the website, ravenkeysmedicalreiki.com. Then you look under trainings. You can look around, you know, there's explanations of things. There are, there are testimonials from people that have taken the training and testimonials from, and there are lots of videos and, and so on. It's um, wonderful. But then you just go to trainings and there, well, we do regular Reiki trainings, but, but we're not doing the, the, those now because of COVID. But anyway, you go to trainings and then you see like now it's the, the trainings are being done by time zone. So because it's because everybody's a Reiki master already, and this is not about training um, people how to do Reiki. It's really about what you need to look out for, who you need to get along with, what you better know in advance. I don't know. I didn't ask for this, but I know all this stuff now and how intense it is goes beyond anything that we are really actually trained to do. Right. You know, our, our, our practice is about um, balance and safety and, you know, making a person feel good. Well, now you're doing a different thing. Like you're saving somebody. You're watching over somebody's life when they can't do it themselves. They're under anesthesia. And in the operating room, it's so intense. Everybody in there has such an important job to do in order for this to all go well and the person to survive and, and go just get through it safely requires every bit of their concentration on what they are doing. And I say this and I, I hope that I don't offend doctors by saying this because their attention is so much on the mechanics of making sure that a, a surgery goes well, using all their brilliance and all their knowledge to do this thing. And what if this is out of place and they know what to do? You know what I mean? It's like, yes, just, but there's nobody there to take care of the patient, right. their life. Except anesthesia, but they're doing a, a very specific thing too. Like the mm -hmm. um, anesthesia is making sure the patient stays alive. 
And hopefully that's going to all work out. You know what I mean? It's like, that's a big job, anesthesia. But it's such an amazing thing because, again, I think especially here in the West, it's not something that's considered. It has always been very technical. Like, what is the technical functionality that has to be done for the surgery to go well to help this person on a physical level, you know, making sure I do, you know, the surgery well. And like you said, I mean, there's, they have absolute brilliance in what they do and how they perform the surgeons, the nurses, the anesthesiologist, everyone, the whole team is, it's amazing what they're able to do, but there is that aspect to us (laughs) in our existence that is beyond just our physicality, but that spiritual non-physical aspect of ourselves. And so you even highlighting the importance of that part of us being nurtured as well during a surgery and during our healing and during um, anything that could be very traumatic to us on a spiritual level. Of course, that would also be highly important. So yeah, it's exciting just even hearing you say it and how enthusiastic you are about all of it. The thing is, the word spirituality even can tweak certain individuals. Um, energy, I think that, well, Dr. Oz is the person that named Reiki energy medicine, you know, like making it fit in, calling yes. it energy medicine. Well, that's a really good way to think about it, energy medicine for people who are in um, medicine. But, you know, it's energy we are energy, we're energy beings inside a physical form. So, and then, you know, Reiki is not religious. It has no religious connotation to it at all, nor should it. Like Mikhail Yusui was very strict about that. It was no, it's not a religion. It's not, it's not. It goes so far beyond anything a human being can think of. It's the universe. So, you know, if it helps some people to think, oh, well, you know, when when somebody's doing medical Reiki, they're 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 sharing the universe with me and reminding the universe that's within me, which is in every single cell in your body, um, reminding ourselves of what we actually really are. And that is so much bigger than anything that we could even have words for, you know, it's divinity. And that, that's a word that some people like or they don't like, you know, so it's just so good that Mikhail Yusui said, you know, the I am the in the universe and the universe is in me. I wrote that in the book. It's the, one of the most profound things I think anybody ever said, you know, about anything and, and like it's go across the board. And, you know, you look at what's going on in the world right now. It's it's a reflection of us. It's at the world is on fire. Everything's being um, destroyed. The ocean, the animals, the it's for me, it just brings me to my knees. Like when I think of all the animals that don't have any place to live anymore and the ones that are running from fires and they can't escape. And like, it's so much. And I truly know in my deepest heart and, and Gabriel has said to me, this is this whole issue of bringing medical Reiki into the, into the medical world is bigger than we know. It's about healing souls of people, the divinity within them. They have to remember, we all have to remember the truth of our existence is a gift that's so filled with love, not as an emotion, as an emotion, but as the, the, thing that holds everything together in the universe. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's really, really powerful. And the angels say we're doing this and that humanity, if it remembers what it is, can, we can each save ourselves in the end, all healing is self-healing. We're giving people an opportunity to heal themselves and for the, what the doctors do to really work who's making that work? They are. We're in service to that patient just as much as the medical doctor is and the surgeon that's fixing and removing and all the rest of it. We're in this together and we're in this together for the sake of the patient. And the patient is the one that does the real work. Yes. 
And that is the beautiful way. That is such a beautiful way to bring it all together, Raven. And again, I tell you, like your passion is so infectious and I'm so thankful. I mean, beyond grateful for the work that you're doing really truly for all of us. And I want to emphasize for those that are listening as well. I mean, it hasn't all been easy. Like you've even come against some opposition and even still you are, you know, really pushing this forward and making sure it's emphasized and understood the importance of medical Reiki and how this benefits our overall healing while still having a great profound respect for Western medicine and they don't have to be separate. So I can't thank you enough for coming to share again, for writing another book. Like I said, this is great for people in the medical community, great for Reiki practitioners, and even great for people that are just going under some type of medical procedure to understand what their options may be and what may be available to them that they didn't know. Um, before we go, I just want to ask you to, um, I know that everyone can find out about more training going to Raven Keys, which is K-E-Y-E-S, medicalreiki.com. They can find out about medical Reiki training, your regular Reiki training, all things Raven Keys we can find there. But also want to make sure that people can, um, that they know they can still donate to Medical Reiki Works by going to medicalreikiworks.org. And then if they want to do the Reiki buddy system, it's medicalreikiireland.ie. And I'll put all of that down in the show description. So I thank you. Thank you, Yolanda. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be with you today. Thank you, my love. It's always a pleasure. And I can't wait till I get to see you in person again. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait either. Yes. And everyone, you can get your copy of Raven Keys Medical Reiki. You can order it online or everywhere where books are sold. I got mine online on Amazon pre-ordered. So that link will be down in the show description as well. Thank you. And we'll see you all very soon. 